theyeshiva.net. Good morning, everybody. Boiker Tov. Morning, welcome. Baruchim Abayim. We're in the middle of the Maimer here. Isib Psikta. From Abhilal on the bottom of page Hey. Tehine. So the Maimer explained that from the Medrash Rabbah, we see that Moshe was asking two questions when he came to Hashem. Question number one was generally about Galus Lama Hariyosa. The Galus Mitzrayim has no, doesn't seem to be part of a context that comes out of nowhere. It exists apparently in a vacuum. There's no precedent. There's no, doesn't seem to be a moral justification for it. As the Medrash says, Moshe said, I took a Sefer Bereshis and I looked at it and I saw an attribute of judgment, an attribute of justice. But then I took a Sefer Shmois and I looked at it and I see nothing of that. And on that the answer is, You think you're speaking to Elikim. And that's why you're expecting Elikim. Vayidabr Elikim El Moshe. Elikim speaks to Moshe. Moshe feels that he is engaging in a conversation with Dibur Vayidabr, which is kasha, harsh, or let's put it stern, just. And Elikim, the attribute of judgment. But he says, Ani Hashem. You have to be able to change your paradigm. As the Medrash puts it, this is all compassion. That was question number one. There was another question he asked, and that is, within the Gullahs itself, why after you sent me to redeem them, did the Gullahs become much worse? Materially and also spiritually, in Gashmis and Aruchnes. On that there was a separate answer. That's the first Pasuk, Atasirah. Now you're going to see what I'm going to do to Parah. That with a strong arm he will be compelled, forced, to send the Jewish people out of the land. It's only now. Atasira. This can happen only now. What you thought was the worst of Golas is really the beginning of Gola. Now that the concealment reached places that are so powerful it doesn't seem like it can get worse, now there can be revelation that can't get any better. Precisely, precisely now. So there's two questions of Moshe and two answers of Hashem to Moshe. It's not like one would think at the surface is just being redundant and Moshe is saying one thing and then adding something else, but it's really the same thing. And Hashem answers and then a new conversation is saying the same thing more or less. No, it's two real, real questions and two real answers. First Pasek, at the end of Shmoyes, addresses the now. Now can be Geula. And everything you're seeing is not part of Gullah's becoming stronger. But it's the beginning, actually, of the Geula. Because with these experiences, with this new intensity in the Gullah's, I can fulfill my promise. And then there is the Parshas Va'era, which is the long conversation, Ani Hashem Va'era, etc., where he is, Hashem is addressing not just a specific period right now, but the whole question that Moshe raised, according to the Medrash, what is behind this whole Golos? Tehine, the last paragraph on page Hey. Tehine, you see three lines from the bottom. Tehine, Lama Shal Moshe, Tamala Golos, Beshar Sheshavala Adna, Achere Sha'amru Elav Yera, Shamalechem Yishpait, why to explain this more? Why did Moshe ask about the Gullahs after they complained to him? The question of Lama Hariyasa is a question on all the years of exile. But when does Moshe ask it? Only after he goes to Parai. And he asks Parai to redeem the people. And Parai gets furious and he says, we have to now increase the burden of work and the torture, which is what Parai does. 
And when the policemen come back to Moshe, the Jewish policemen who were in charge on the slaves, and they complain and say, Tevin ain'tin la you're not giving us straw, your servants are being beaten because the the Egyptian commanders were beating the police the Jewish policemen for not getting the proper quota from the Jewish slaves, which they couldn't because of the extraordinary amount of work. So they come to Pari and said, you know, you're causing us to sin to you, but there's nothing we can do. So Pari says, absolutely, it's because you're lazy and you're batlonim, nirpimatim, nirpim, and therefore you say, let's go slaughter the God. And then, and then when they see Moshe and Aaron, what do they say? Yeira Hashem Aleichem V'yishpet. God should judge you for what you have done to us. You have given Pari a sword to kill us. Till you came, you know, things were bad, but they were bad. And now things are not bad, things are uh, crazy bad. Now he's going to kill us, and you're the ones who gave him this sword to kill us with these claims and expectations and demands and requests and instructions from Hashem to redeem us. After Moshe hears this, Vayoshev Moshe says, Vayoshev Moshe comes back, El Ad, El Ad Adne, to Hashem, Alev Dalad Nun Yud, and he says, Why? And as we explained, that's a question on all of Golos. Why now, after they said, Yeir Aleichem, Hashem Aleichem the second question, we understand why now. <laughs> He's asking, why now, when I came to tell them about Gula, when you promised me Gula, did Gullahs get worse? But the general question on Gullahs, why not? He says, Dehinei, Lefisvaras Moish. According to Moish's original logic, Shahagullahs umidas hadin, al-eze chet Gullahs is an attribute, it's an expression of judge, justice, din. Din is a verdict based on justice, like a judge gives a din on some type of hate, a sin or avoin, crookedness, transgression, like the theme of Sefer Bereshus. Zdoim gets destroyed because of what Zdoim did. Der Hamabel gets destroyed because Molar it's Hamas. Kayin also goes into Golos. Hashem says, You should wander the earth. But why? Not for nothing. He killed his brother Hevel. And all the events that happened there. Yishmol doesn't get expelled from the house because Stam. There's a reason. He was laughing, mocking, persecuting, trying to kill Yitzchak. Whatever the explanation is. The words Mitzachik. Yaakov is forced to run away also in Golos. There was a reason for it. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a whole process that's happening. So Moshe thinks that's the way it goes. Here he sees, no, there's no chet, there's no oven. So this, this svarah of Moish, that Golis says, Midas Hadin, Moish based on the same principle in the Gemara, says in Mesechus, Shabbos, Dafnun, Hei, Amar Aleph, Ein misa beloi chet, Vein yisurim beloi avoin. There's no death without sin, and there's no pain without transgression, which is basically the perspective of Midas Hadin. There is some form of Midas Hadin, there's some form of judgment, there's a din and there's a dayan. L'chein chakar leida shoyrish adin v'shuras adin. Therefore, Moshe tried to understand two things. The shoyrish adin, the source of the din, and shuras adin, which is the letter of the law. The, the shuras adin, shura means the row. The like lefnimish shuras adin means beyond the letter of the law. Shura is like a row, uh, uh, the barrier of law. Lefnimish shuras adin is, you go... Beyond the letter of the law. So Shura Sadin is trying to understand the system, as he'll explain the system of the din. The way things happen down here, human behavior down here, gives us a glimpse into divine behavior. Because everything in this world as we speak many, as we spoke many times, is ultimately a mirror. If it happens in the physical world, it's because that's how it is in the shayrish of the physical world. So the things that happen down here give us a, ref- a, a glimmer of understanding of how things are lamayla. Rak. By us, things are entrenched. By nature, it's part of the bria. 
Mutva means like it's it's ingrained. Huh? Sunken, yeah. From the word also teva. Was it sunken? Like a matbeya, coin. It's minted. It's 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 part of the it's mutva. It's ingrained bechabriya in the in the bosom, in the system of Briya. Bechabriya Halyaina. Bayas it's at Slaino Adava Mutu Bechabriya no Lamailo Bedarak Pchiru Rat Viratsan Shemuhusan Hogatiya Boyfin Kaza. Lamaila, it's a pchir, it's a choice, it's a rotsan. Then Hashem wants the Anhagat to be in this way. That's why Hashem gave us this nature, so we should understand how the Anhagat is Lamaila, which is a fascinating idea. It means that basically every natural phenomenon, like the Balatanya always touches the Pasuk in Iyav, Mipsari Echzeleka. It's brought in many Sifri Chsidis very often. From my flesh I will perceive Hashem. What does mean from my flesh I'll perceive Hashem? It doesn't only mean generally when I look at my flesh and you look at the miracles of the human organism, you could see that there's a Koyach Habayri. Obviously that too. But it means much more than that. It means even the details. Every system that exists in life, they're not random systems. The way we digest food the way we process information, the way our bodies work, all the nine systems in the human organism or in any organism are basically reflections of divine behavior. And in the process that we call which means that everything in the physical world evolved from exactly the same thing in the spiritual worlds, means that anything you see in Teva is really a spiritual story. It's a divine story. You have to be able to perceive it, but it's really a divine story. And from the, and the reason Hashem gave this to us is that we should be able to understand the lakus. Whether it's something in psychology or in biology or in geology or in astronomy, every nikuda and teva that is governing what we call the laws of nature, the laws of nature, tangible, intangible, visible, invisible, but all those tevas, we're not talking about distortions that people make. But that the process of teva is essentially a reflection of kivayachal, the teva that Hashem created and the way Hashem himself behaves. And the gashmi is a reflection of the ruchni. So through our lives we can understand lamaila, we can understand how it is much deeper. That's why when there is mashalim, you know, we learned Amaimavi, huh? Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of Mashalom always. Like we were learning the Maimavi Adaita that the creation, so there's, we were learning about the Mashal of a teacher and a student. The Mashalom are not just divorced from the Nimshal. You need a Mashal, so you say a Mashal. The Mashalom are actually a reflection of the Nimshal. They're the way the Nimshal, the source, is manifested in this world. Let's give an example. It says one example is Shemavur al Pasik Kamayim Aponim Laponim Kain Leva Adam Aladam. Shlaima Malach tells us in Mishle in Proverbs, Perik Khovzai and Pasik Khovtas, as he says in the footnote. Kamay sixteen. Kamayim Aponim Laponim Kain Leva Adam Aladam. Which is just like the face that you show to the water, the water reflects back to you, like a mirror. You look at the water, whatever the face you show the water, the water shows you. Cain lave ha adam, Allah adam the pause says, so is the heart of the human being to another human being. The heart that I show you is reflected back. In other words, your heart is like water to me. Cain lave adam, Allah adam. The heart that I give you, the heart that I show you is mirrored back to me. That's what Shlema Mavach says. What's this, what's this teaching us? This is a teva. This is not something that you can change. This is a teva. When you hate somebody, <laughs> let's do the positive. When you love somebody, when you give positive energy to a person, you push it, love somebody. Yeah, in Tanya, Perik Mavavi explains it. The other person doesn't have a choice. It's almost like a, it's a physical law of nature. It's like what you're going to show the mirror, the mirror is going to show back to you. <laughs> you don't have a choice. If you're going to smile, the mirror will smile. If you're not going to smile, if you're going to frown or show a sour face, that's what the mirror will be. 
The same is true with people. When you genuinely love another person, they almost don't have a choice. They think they may hate you, but beyond their choice, they're not going to have a choice. They're going to start loving you. Because their life is your mirror. So Mel, if I show you a heart, it's showing the water of the face. That's the heart that I'm going to get back. Just like by us, it's mutba. It's ingrained. It's nature. That mida, that emotion, that attribute or characteristic that I have in my heart towards you, that same mida will now be triggered in your heart. That's why the greatest and most effective way of changing people is always changing yourself. It's not always intuitive, right? I want to change my children. I want to change my wife. I want to change my mother-in-law. I want to change this one. I want to change the world. Rabbi Saul Salanta famously said, when I was young, I decided I want to change the world. (laughs) I got older, I decided I'm just going to change the continent. Then I realized I can't. I decided I'll change the country. (laughs) After a few years, I realized I'm not changing anything. I said, you know what? I'll just change my whole community. (laughs) Didn't happen. My family I'll change. He says, now I'm a 70-year-old man. I can't even change my family. I realize the only one I can change is me. But then he added, and if I would have started with that, by now I would have changed the world. (laughs) If I would have started with that, by now I would have changed the world. Yeah, Could be, I don't know. A lot of these sayings they attribute to... uh, The main thing is the chdevart. And it's, it's a very true thing. It's not intuitive because it's much, it's much easier to talk about you than to talk about me, right? You change. Why should I change? But it's, it's a very powerful truth. Huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. They impacted the world, yeah. He's saying they impacted the world, Because <laughs> they thought like that. Huh? <laughs> Zulase means someone else. Zulus is somebody outside of you. Somebody outside of you. So you told me his name is Yunik. He's a Chabadnik. So he told me that he once saw there was a, there was a big Dian in London, Dian Fisher. Dian Fisher slit in London. So he told me that he once, uh, he saw, he once came to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and he says, why do you wear a hat with a brim down? <laughs> At least if you're wearing a hat, it should be, you know, uh, up. What the brim down? So he says, the Rebbe looked at him and said, Miris genug zu was For me, it's enough to see just what's happening in my four cubits. Miris genug zu was So I was thinking for a person who was just interested in his own four cubits and pretty big vision over there in those Dalaramas. But it's really habahatalia. In life, when you really could look in your own Dalaramas, you're not busy, you, 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 you can actually have a tremendous impact, much greater than any other impact. Because kamayim upon, that's what Shlomo Malach is teaching us here. That it's mutba, that that midda that I work on, that midda that I cultivate, the avoida that you do within yourself, that I do within myself, which is, that's where the avoida is. The void is in my attitudes, my perspectives, my paradigms, dealing with my own stuff, you know, finding the light, finding the ain't so over there. That's going to be, you're going to be the mirror, you're going to reflect it. And the response, you'll see the response. Your children will respond differently. The greatest way of changing your children is always changing yourself. Always. It's not what people like to hear, but it's the truth. <laughs> I remember I was once giving a lecture somewhere where I finished. A woman came over to me. I was speaking about Simcha. And she says, my children are miserable. The house is miserable. They're all miserable. They're just always miserable. How do I make my children happy? I told her, you can't make your children happy. You've got to make yourself happy. So she says, I'm a lost case. 
I'm, I'm going to be miserable till my last day. But I want my kids not to be miserable. I said, you know what type of children you're going to have? You're going to have children who are going to be miserable till their last day, but they're going to say they want their children to be happy. <laughs> and that's what, that's what you're going to have. <laughs> what, you, what do you mean you're a lost case? So how do you want your children to be happy? Because I just want my kids to be protected. I'm going to be miserable. But it doesn't work that way. We can make ourselves happy. You make yourself a happy person, people around you become happy. Because there's an energy, there's an energy you bring into the world that your heart feels, your heart feels, and that gets triggered in the heart as well. It's like, it's mamish mirrors. The world is a mirror. Not a mirror in, in a narcissistic sense, you know. Say, for narcissists, the world is a mirror, right? There's no you, there's no you, just a mirror. Here we're saying the world in a mirror, the sense is the power that you have. The empowerment that you have, that what you bring into the world is like when you throw a rock into the water, you know, it creates the ripple effect that moves on and on and on and on. But where's the greatest effect? Right where you threw the rock in. <laughs> right where you threw the rock in. You can't have a ripple effect, the end of the ocean, the end of the sea. First, first the, the rock has to make up such tickle ruckus here, and then the waves move on and on. The same is true in life. I want a ripple effect. First, the ripple effect got to be right here. Right here, the water has to be turned over. And then it goes on and on. That's the point. The bigger the rock, the bigger the effect. Yeah. Yeah. There's a certain madrega, like under certain circumstances or with certain people, it takes a certain madrega to maintain... My, I should say, my own inner um, positive strength to overcome sometimes negativity. Mm-mm. Yeah. There's a Maira Dekavot from the Maira Nayim. Reb Nachem Chernobyl, he writes Parshas Vayera. It's a very long shtickle, just one wonder that he says there. He says that the Malachim came to uh, visit Avram Avinu, and in the process he say, Ayi sorry Ishtacha. Come to a house, start asking somebody about his wife. It's not so uh, accepted. So the Moirin Ayim says, he says, what Avram was Almedes Kasia, his words are, Swar was Almedes Galia, which in simple words, what Moirin Ayim says, they said to Avram, we want to know who you are. <laughs> But we can't know who you are because you're very concealed. But we would like to see your wife. <laughs> because from your wife, we'll be able to see who you are. We'll be able to, that's what the Mahinaim says. From the wife, we'll be able to see who you are. And he explains there's something fascinating. You would think it was written, Mamish, today by a therapist. Very often people say, you know, if I can only change my spouse. Marinayim says what they were saying is, no, 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 no. Your spouse is a reflection of you. She's a reflection of you. He puts it, she's the Almadiz Gali of your Almadiz Kasya. What's happening on you inside is coming out in your spouse. Now, I should qualify this. This doesn't mean that there's never a situation where somebody is dealing with a struggle and challenge that somebody has that to always blame yourself is not always fear. But the point is that in many situations, it's, these things always have to be qualified. Somebody may be suffering, Rahman from a mental illness, and the worst thing the wife or the husband can do is just say, you know, I'm the crazy one, I'm the guilty one, they're just abusing themselves. You have to know, vos, ven, vu, It's very important qualification. But the point is that very often, very often, instead of pointing this way, Point this way, because what you're seeing is just a reflection of what you created, both in the positive and in the challenging. Very good. Yeah. You point a finger like this, right? What are you doing? Three fingers are pointing this way. <laughs> Only one this way, three this way. And the din is, yeah? <laughs> One gets nullified in three, because it's the majority. One and two not. Chad betrei is 50-50. But chad betlosa, one and three is bottle right? <laughs> I'm pointing this way. 
I'm pointing this. But who am I pointing on? That's why in Yiddish, when we say somebody curses, it's an expression, means he's cursing himself. He's not cursing himself. But he's cursing himself. I once read a very interesting anecdote. Maybe it even happened. There was a fellow who was going to the Louvre Museum. You know the, what's it called? The Louvre, right? Huh? The Louvre in Paris. It's one of the greatest museums and art galleries of the world. And he was what you would call a, a little bit of an arrogant person who thought he's the greatest art connoisseur in history. You know people that in Zechayim that they're the Mivinim. So he starts looking at pieces of art which are hundreds and hundreds of years old. Some of them worth in the tens of millions. You know, you have the Mona Lisa there, which is priceless probably. I don't know how much that would go for. But uh, real big pieces of art. And he's looking, and he's, you know, he's standing as I with uh, <laughs> looking, making faces like he likes. So the, the curator, right, what's it called? The curator turns to him and says, well, what are you doing? So I'm trying to see if these art pieces of art are really uh, what they make them to be, you know, or they're some garbage and junk. He says, my dear friend, my dear friend, these pieces of art are not in judgment at the moment. <laughs> they're not being placed, they're not being placed on the seat of judgment. The only one who's being judged right now is you. <laughs> That's the only one to be judged. If you'll be able to appreciate them or not. <laughs> this is not being judged right now. <laughs> so sometimes I'm judging. It's, it's also important. People say always opinions about everybody else. When somebody's saying an opinion about somebody else, the only opinion they're saying something about is about themselves. That's all they're saying. <laughs> In other words, somebody says, this is my opinion about this and this and this. All you're telling me is who you are, not who that thing is. You're defining that based according to you. The same is true in everything in life. I have to be able to go back and see what is happening inside of me that is triggering this behavior. If there is. And this is not, do not confuse this with another reason to be guilty. (laughs) It's not about more guilt and more guilt and more guilt. That's not about it. So now I'm guilty for everything. The Jewish mother syndrome. They say that, uh, that, what's the difference of an Italian mother and a Jewish mother? It's one of those old Jewish jokes. They both make spaghetti for dinner, right? Pasta. The Italians invented pasta. And the Jews copy uh, all healthy, good food. So we also make pasta. The teenagers come home for dinner, right? The teenagers sit down. They taste the pasta. They tell their mother, this is horrible. I wouldn't feed it to my enemy. You won't catch me dead eating this food. Both women shoot. The Italian mother shoots her son, and the Jewish one shoots herself. So it's not about, you know, more guilt, I'm guilty, I'm guilty. That's the exact opposite in the Kudah. The point is about empowerment. It's not guilt, it's empowerment. Empowerment means all the problems that I see around me, much of it, or a lot of it, I can deal with. Because it's biadavatal, it's kamayim aponam laponam can leave adam aladam. Yeah, it's not so easy to go back to yourself and to be able to ask, what is it in me that's bringing this out? What is it in me? If there is something in me. But that's where the real, real change happens. Does, change doesn't happen there, it happens right here. yeah. When you're disqualifying others, it's his own blemish. Yeah? Yeah? All that, yeah. So the an example is when a person demonstrates to another human being a tnua, tnua is like a gesture, a motion, and a face upon him. Also from the word pnimius, of chiba, of affection, of love. The other person will be aroused with love towards him. If you're feeling, you know, sometimes uh, 
It's an interesting thing you see in life. Sometimes you see somebody, you don't know them, but you have a good feeling about them. That ever happened to you in Muncie? Yeah, you have a good feeling. <laughs> you, 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 say, you don't know why, but you like this person. They didn't do you a favor. They didn't give you a loan last year, $100,000. You just like this person. You're feeling up some ava. And very often it's because they love you. <laughs> they have a very positive feeling towards you. And you just, you don't even have a choice. Your mummers don't even have a choice. You, you become a mirror. When you show somebody a face of chiba, even if they're having issues, sometimes, okay, again, here again, there's a qualification. We always have to give. Sometimes a person is so toxic and so miserable, it's like the mirror gets too dirty. <laughs> if the mirror gets too dirty, you could show the mirror faces and faces. Yeah. So this is never, you know, you always have to understand when there's, there's always a distinction between self-blame and self-empowerment. Sometimes the mirror is broken. The mirror is shattered. If a mirror is shattered, I could show it my face from today till tomorrow. It's not showing back. You know why? Because all the glass was shattered and all there is left is sheetrock. Sometimes if a person is so shattered, yeah, you could show them all the love in the world. They can't accept it. They're not a mirror anymore. They have to help themselves. And you have to know that. You have to understand that. If a person is completely broken, they can't accept anything and they can't give it back because they're shattered. Sometimes a person is so toxic, so miserable. We have to understand these things. But it doesn't take away from the teva that the Rebbeinu Shalom created that what we show to others is shown back to us. And by the way, lahavdil, it's even true in the animal kingdom, in the relationship between human beings and animals. Those who deal with animals, they'll say, you know, the horse is picking up your stress. The horse is picking up your anxiety. <laughs> I once took my kids horseback riding, right? And I'm not so good with horses. Yeah, maybe twice. It's not a regular activity. And uh, and I went on, and the fed was a lebedic affair. And the guy says, the, the, horse, is ang- it, the horse is picking up your anxiety. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah, he says, the horse is picking up your anxiety. He says, if you'll calm down and you'll be a leader... The horse will be very at peace. It was fascinating. So I could blame the horse. I say, I'm a sugar nefered, a fed, a fed. And Kishmoy Kainu, he was taka fed. But the fed was not the fed. The fed was somebody else. The fed was picking up somebody who was supposed to be a human being and, and lost himself. So we see this constantly. And therefore, he says, you show a person a gesture of love, a face of love. We're not just talking about a fake face of love, even though that also helps. The physical smiles also trigger things. But when you show gestures of positivity and of love, it's it's triggered in the person back to you. It comes right back. When you show him a face of zam, zam is um, anger, frustration, annoyance. You know, sour face, depressed face. Yisoyde believes Ulasa. This will be aroused in the heart of the other person as well. What I give you, I see back from you is reflected. Why did Hashem make this teva by us? Not just we should know it by us, because it's a reflection the way it's above as well. Here comes a very intense idea. When a person lives with the midah of betachen, which means trust, betachen comes from the word betach. Those of you who are insurance, how do you call insurance in Hebrew? Bituach. Bituach. Why? Why they choose the word bituach? It comes from the word betach, right? Betach, yeshev badet. Certainty. What do you say? Betach. Betach means for sure. Betach. Yeah, betach, which means not. But uh, but it's supposed to mean for sure. It's like in America, I, I'll try. Trust me, trust me. You think I'm lying? Absolutely. <laughs> you think I would lie to you? Absolutely. So the word betach, which is a word in Tanakh, in Chumash, right? Yeshev levetach you have. The word betachin comes from that word, which means... An assurance. When I live with the midah of assurance, what does it mean, the midah of assurance? Shotali b'midah ha'avadavka. 
Betochen is always a child of love. Why? When you have a best friend, means a trusted friend. I trust you. But this means a real friend, not a friend who's here for ulterior motives as long as you have catch. He's your friend. That's not Oyev Neman. That's an Oyev as long as you can, <laughs> you can give me the dough. An Oyev Neman means a trusted friend. What's the definition of a trusted friend? I trust you. I trust you. You're not going to backstab me. If you could be here for me, you're going to be here for me. I can rely on you. Like in a good relationship, whether it's in a marriage or a friendship, a trusted friend means I trust you blindly. I'm not choshed. I'm not suspicious. Maybe you have a whole conspiracy and maybe, and it's not so easy today to have such friends because we always, you know, <laughs> second guess ourselves. Why is he uh, and so forth? Why is he in it and why does he care for me and it's for his own cheshbin and ulterior motives and this is what he needs. It's about him. It's not about me. Huh? What? So God should suspect that maybe we're not his friends, right? Right. Okay. Right. So that's his issue. That's what Hashem has to worry about, that we're not really his friends, which is a very good vart. Basically, he got the money, so why shouldn't you invest with him, right? Why shouldn't you be his friend? You go to every Shalm Zacher, you go to every Bris, you make sure to show up, right? You go to Davening, you know, God is there. <laughs> Somebody told me a good Milsa Dabdichus, a good anecdote. You have to do the Milsa Dabdichus before the Shia, but I say Zagadig Amariam Psachim, but... Sometimes you do it in the middle also. So he said, I that there was a, a fellow, <coughs> call him Cohen, Mr. Cohen. And Mr. Cohen was a Jew, you know, regular American secular Jew. And he gets called up by his, uh, his, 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 his friend, <coughs> his friend Schwartz. And Schwartz says, I found a new golf club and I have an appointment for us Saturday, nine o'clock in the morning. We're going golfing. And Cohen says, no way, Saturday morning? I'm not going golfing. He says, where are you going? Saturday. So I'm going to synagogue. He says, really? I know you 60 years. I know you 60 years. You're an atheist. 60 years an atheist. Now you decided to go to synagogue? What are you, Meshuggah? He says, listen, you heard about, uh, you heard, you heard about, uh, that other, that other, that other Jew? He says, what other Jew? He says, that Russian Jew. That Russian Jew? <coughs> he says, what about him? He says, they say he came from Russia with two ruble. Today he's worth five billion dollars. And you know what he credits to? That he goes to shul every Shabbos morning. He goes to this Jew from Russia, came with two ruble, he's now worth five million dollars. Five billion dollars. And he says it's because he goes to shul Shabbos morning and he speaks to God. Since I heard that, I go to the shul. He says, come on, but you're an atheist. You're telling me you go to synagogue to talk to God? He says, no, 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 the Russian Jew goes to synagogue to talk to God. I go to talk to him. (laughs) That's where I go. (laughs) I do my networking. (laughs) He goes to talk to God. I go to talk to him. So when you talk about friendship, there's an oyev and an oyev nema. An ayav neman means I have betachin. There's, there's just a certain security. There's a comfort. You know, and you give people the benefit of the doubt. There was a marriage therapist. He once told me, very experienced therapist. And he told me once that the difference between good marriages and bad marriages, miserable marriages, is not how many problems they have or how many fights they have. He says that's complete. People think a good marriage, no arguments, no struggles. No, no fights, nothing. He says, that's not true. Exactly the same amount. The difference is the repair that comes afterwards. In a good marriage, there's a trust. In the bank account, there's a lot of trust. So I choose to give you the benefit of the doubt. There's a lot of trust. Because there's trust, so I choose to give the benefit of that. I can always interpret things in two ways. You're here to drive me crazy, Right? Or you just maybe have a different perspective or you didn't realize. And that's the difference. If I could give you the benefit of the doubt and trust that there is always affection and love and a positivity, even if there may have been a mistake and even if I was hurt by something. So repair is much more possible. So when there, when there is trust, 
That's what he says. Betochen is tolu in midas ha'ava. Betochen is tolu in midas ha'ava. People speak about betochen always. But they don't speak about what it comes from. Betochen comes from ava. Betochen comes from believing that God is at least a friend. <laughs> at least a trusted friend. A good childhood friend. And a friend, a real friend that I can trust. That I, I, I never think that a friend woke up one morning and said, today I'm going to kill him. Today I'm going to destroy him. Like in a good marriage, you never think one day your wife woke up, today I hate him. Today I hate her. Then the marriage is very, very toxic. Then on Oyev Nemon, there could be betachem insurance. It says when somebody lives with this, when a person lives with a sense of assurance, really insurance, right? The best insurance is midas There's no insurance like assurance. The best insurance. Doesn't the word insurance come from assurance? Huh? Sure, right? From Okay. Okay. When you learned Latin, they didn't teach that. Yeah. My relationship with Hashem sometimes has come down to very similar to my relationship with my father, which was even though I had a stormy relationship with my father, wasn't wasn't from, and he was damaged by immigration and by losing Torah, so he was a somewhat damaged person. But he, but no, no matter, and he was yeah. angry at me, etc. But no matter what, he never didn't love me. He never gave me up as a son. And that that's my relationship with Hashem. Like I, I don't know, like. If I do something that's not exactly right, Hashem's not going to give up. What do you do that's not right? <laughs> we don't have enough time. What do you do that's not right? I completely protest your words. I see you here a few hours every morning. I'm trying to find, but I don't see anything. I've been coming with magnifying glasses. With ma- with ma- I'm sure I do similar things with what other people do sometimes. <laughs> Raise my voice to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> what? You criticize your children? From where? You learned that in Judaism to criticize your children? No, I was better. Okay. The Baalim God loves you. Don't worry. I feel it was not given God loves you. You have a good friend, and you're you're certain, Isaac. It's healthy to be around these people, right? Huh? What? A Jew by choice. Yeah. <laughs> you can also be from by choice. Believe it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it. <laughs> Everybody here can be from by choice. Balchuvas, but makim shabalit shuvaim, then they're by choice. Kamay shaloyavayanemun by teach shiyasalim of Akasha. You have a security. He, he wants to be here for you. If you need a favor, yeah, he wants to do it. It's not a shaila. He may not be able to, there may be something comes up, whatever. He may have his own limitations or other limitations, or may know that's the worst thing for you. But by Teach, there's a betachem. So he says, a Jew who lives this way, when you live with this attitude, you know what happens? You actually bring out this attribute, Kivayachal and Hashem. You're mamshik on yourself. You bring down on yourself the attribute of kindness and love. Kamashik Kosov, David Amalek tells us in Tehillim Lamed Beis, Vaboiteach Bashem, Chesed Yisoyvavenu. Somebody who has that insurance, that trust, he's surrounded by love. In other words, you want to create, you want to love? Create it. You create the energy around you. I create the light that I live in. I create the halo that I live in. The Asarim Amaris, Abenu Menachem Azariah Fanu, he says, Ganeiden and Gehenim, he says, doesn't start in the next world. It starts in this world. He says, every person lives in different avir. 
There's a person who lives in an Aver of Ganeidin, there's a person who lives in an Aver of Gehenna. I create the atmosphere around me. You don't, I don't come into an atmosphere. I create the atmosphere. I create the atmosphere. I create the energy. I create the ambience. It says, it says clearly, Rashi brings from the Mechazal, that uh, Yitz, uh, Yaakov came in to get the blessings, right? Vayorach es reyach b'godov. So Rashi says, yeah? Ganeiden is how you come in with them. Ganeiden came in with them. What's the Ganeiden came with them? From Ganeiden? Yeah. Then it says, the Esav came in, Vayechrad Yitzchak Charod Agdoyla. Why? Ra? Gehenim. He saw Gehenim open under him. What's that? He saw Gehenim open under him. What's Pshat? Huh? So it's a Moira de Kavardwood. There was a Yid. It's a whole story. There was a Yid. His name was Shimon HaKoifer. They called him Shimon HaKoifer. Shimon HaKoifer, he was called a Koifer because he was officially a very, very pious Jew. He was a teacher, a teacher of children, but he had one agenda. He wanted to bring in Haskalah. He, he wanted to change the whole Yiddishkeit in Eastern Europe. And he went from city to city. He was very successful in Vilna. And he became a teacher and he printed Chumashim. And he had a whole uh, agenda, but he was dressed up and cloaked as a very, very pious, pious Jew. He was a brilliant man. And he came to Lyozhna. Lyozhna is a little city in Belarus where the Balatanya lived. And he went in, and he was there for a long time, and he became very popular because he was very charismatic. But he was Be'etzah Mamash HaKoifer. He, 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 he wanted to change all of Yiddishkeit with, for children. And ultimately, they had a lot of success. The Haskalah in Eastern Europe, it changed the face of Eastern Europe in many ways. At some point, a few weeks later, he went into the Balatanya. Balatanya asks him, what do you do? So he says, I'm a Malamed. There's a whole, there's a, there's a, a, a country, a whole story, it's called Rishimas Shimon HaKaifer, the whole story. It's a, it's a fascinating story. <coughs> Baltanya asked him, I just want to say, one Nikoda, what do you do? He says, I'm a Malamet. I teach Jewish children. He says, what's the Tachlis I want to bring? He says, no, do you got to say? He says, I want to bring, I want the Shav Yerushamayim. So the Balatanya says, let me ask you a question. When you teach children and you come to, out of the blue, you come to Parshas Teldas, oh, I came with the Chumash today. You come to Parshas Teldus, how do you teach them this Rashi? The Rashi that says that Vayechrad, Vayechrad Yitzchak Charodag Doila Adma Oid. Yitzchak was trembling. So Rashi says, Ra Gehenim Psucha Mitachtov. He saw Gehenim under, open up under Ace of Rashi brings from Tanchuma and Berejus Rabbah. How do you tell it to the children? So he says that this is a very scary thing. So he tries to, uh, he doesn't want to scare the children. Because, you know, what, how are they supposed to, when you get older, you can understand, Gehenna opens up when you're a child. So he, you know, he, he skips it. So the Balatanya says, let me explain to you the Pshat. The Pshat is that when Yitzchak, when Esav came in, Yitzchak said, Mi Ata, who are you? So he said, Ani bin Chabchur Chaesav. I'm your Pchur. I'm your Pchur. That was a lie. He sold his Pchur. He sold his birthright. He wasn't the Pchur. He said that geliked. He lied. And when somebody lies, the Gehenim is around him and under him. When somebody lies, he's living in an atmosphere of Gehenim. So the person lied, and Yitzchak saw this person is living in the Aver of Gehenim. And he looked at him and he said, when somebody comes to a city, and he says that he's a Malamed, and he's trying to train Jewish children with Yerushalayim, but he's lying, and he comes into the room, we could see that the Gehenim is opened up under him. He ran, he ran away. What's the vart? But the vart is, you create your own Gehenim. A person who's living in a lie, he's living in his own Gehenim, because you can't live with truth. Whenever you're faking your identity, you're living in a Gehenim. You create it. The opposite is also, you create the energy around you. So that's the Kamayim Aponim Laponim. The reason Hashem made that between people is, because He wants us to know that's how it's between us and Him as well. 
when a person lives with the middah of Ava, with the middah of Betachin, that's the energy that you trigger, that's the energy in the world that you attract, that you create Kivayachal, even Lamaila. Huh? What? He's not, not getting into condition on condition, just the, the, the idea that, that it's Kamayim Aponim Laponim. You have to mamish believe that, you have to see that God is your best friend. That He loves you. Yeah, but I guess we're talking about in a, in a more revealed way. Chesed in a more revealed, manifested way. That you can experience it. It's not just you'll say it's good to have a positive attitude. The loving attitude of Bitachin really brings out, it's like Kamayim Aponim Laponim. It's Kivayachal, it's a fascinating idea. Like Shem is like my mirror. The, 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 the gesture that I show, the energy that I, I, I mean, I actually bring that out, Kivayachal, in heaven, and Hashem's behavior towards me. When the Tzamech Tzedek said, Tracht Gut, Gut, it wasn't just, you know, tell the guy, why not? What, what, what are you going to gain by thinking bad? It's always good advice to think positive. He's not saying to be naive, not to, not to go to a doctor. He's not saying, just say, think positive. So yeah, it's of course a very good idea. People should think positive. It helps for stress and it helps for health. It's always a good thing to think positive. But he was saying something much deeper. In other words, the very positivity creates an explosion of positive energy in the world from Hashem. Right. That's his vart, yeah. Down here is because it's up there that way. If something is a nature on earth, it's because that's the system in heaven also. And then it's manifested on earth. Okay. Vavram's mother's yard site. Could you tell the Olam the story about the Ganeiden? I just spoke about Ganeiden and Gehenna with your mother a year after she passed away. I know it's a vulnerable story, but maybe... Uh, story because it's a, it was mother's yard site today. My mom yard site today for base Tamus. And uh, for, for a year, I didn't see her in a dreams. I didn't... I was very, very worried. Because we're very, very connected. And I, Mamish, I wanted to see her in a dream. And it was nothing. Nothing coming out for the whole year. So then after the year, I saw her in a dream. And the first thing I asked her, Mom, just give me a simon that uh, you're in a good place. I was so worried for the whole year. I didn't see you. I don't know. And the dream was very strange also. But anyway, so, and she said one thing. If I'm in the Ganadin, you'll also be in the Ganadin. So, and that was the word. I didn't know what it means. So, and I, and I came home to my, to my wife. And there was a time that I started to come to Shirim here, and I said to my wife, you know, I'm mamish in should be a good Tibetan for you and the whole Mishpacha. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.